and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Well, I'm excited for what God has, and um, I'll do my best not to take long because I think um, He is something more for each of us. If you didn't get something during worship, good news. We worship some more after this. Uh, but before I jump in, if we haven't met, my name is Hillary, and I'm the campus pastor here. All glory to God goes to Him. It's still wild that I'm allowed up here with this. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, but I've just been spending time with the Lord, and um, some of you guys know lately I've been in my Bible study bag, right? And what I love to do is share with you what I've been learning and how I've been changing how I read the Word of God, um, and it makes a big difference. And one of the big things the Lord has been highlighting to me is to slow down. Have you guys ever read a chapter, whether it was in the Bible or another book, and you look back, you finish it, and you're like, what did I just read? What was that? Right? Okay, well, you're not alone. I do it literally all the time, and usually that's a sign to slow down. And um, so when I was slowing down and reading and taking things in just smaller bits, there's a word that kind of jumped out at me. And uh, you probably want to know what that word is, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Well, it's, it's more of a motif. It's more of like a theme. And the word was shadow, which I know is a little anticlimactic. I know you probably wanted like victory, favor, blessing. But the word was shadow. And I, I can't remember what verse I was reading, but that just, that just struck a chord with me, even today as I was preparing and just um, spending time with God. And so when I looked through the word, I saw all these different versions of the word shadow, which we all know what that is, right? Like there's an object and there's another object in front of it. There's light. The big object blocks the light and you have a shadow, right? Or if you are a sibling, anybody a sibling? Okay, anybody the older sibling? Anybody the younger sibling? How many of you have been in your sibling's shadow? Hate it. <laughs> it's not as fun. And you're like, okay. Um, and then there's like, if you're in like the medical field or really any field, you can shadow somebody. You learn from them as they go. And just the way we have all these different versions of the word shadow in the practical sense, there's a lot of different versions of the word shadow in the biblical sense. And I want to unpack those together if that's okay. So the first shadow that I kind of want to point out is going to be in Exodus 13. And it's the shadow of God's presence. It's we see in that chapter, you know, Israel has left Egypt, and they're going through the wilderness, they're going through the desert, and this is just what it says. We'll read it. Uh, Exodus 13, verses 20. Then they set out from Sukkot and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. 
The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night before, from before the people. His presence was always there. So when I think of a giant pillar of clouds, what did clouds do? They block the sun and they cause a shadow. But that shadow is comfort. That shadow was directing them. It was guiding them through all the scary, horrible places. It was guiding them even when they were scary and horrible. Hello. And at night, when you're by a fire, what do you see? Shadows. God's presence was there. And it was a comfort. It kept them warm when it was cold. It allowed them to keep going and not lose time. God's presence was with them, a shadow covering them. It was safety there. And then the next shadow is the shadow of protection. In Psalm 57, verse 1 through 3, it says, Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destruction passes by. I will cry to the Most High, to God who accomplishes all things for me, and he will send from heaven and save me. I will hide in the shadow of his wings. Sometimes we think we're, we're, we're in darkness and really we're under God's shadow, amen? And there's safety there. He is covering you. He, he goes before you. He's around you. And I imagine his wingspan to be just massive because he's God and he lives in the clouds and he's like ever present outside of time. So how great that shadow of protection must be. How great that shadow of comfort must be. So you have the shadow of presence and the shadow of protection. And then there's the shadow of power. And I, I love this one because a lot of times when they reference shadow in, in the Bible, it's like a type and shadow foreshadowing what's to come. So we see prophecy that comes out. And there's power behind that, right? Because the prophecy is God breathed, it's, it's Holy Spirit written, and, you know, it's, it's powerful because the word of God is power. His word spoke the world into creation. But the, the version that, or I guess the shadow I want to focus on is in Acts 5. Um, verses 12 through 15. And this is, you know, the church of Acts. So the disciples are out ministering. And it says, At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. And increasingly, believers in the Lord, large numbers of men and women were being added to their number to such an extent that they even carried the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on them. That was a shadow of power because there was healing in that shadow. But it could only happen because of time in God's presence, time in his protection. And the last shadow that I kind of want to reference, um, you know, it's not, it's not as fun as the other three, <laughs> It is the shadow of death. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. Psalms 23, 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for God is with me, right? Or some of you are thinking Tupac straight off the dome. The Lord wrote it first, okay? 
put some respect on his name, his bar first. <laughs> but it, it talks about the, the valley of the shadow of death. And it comes up a few times, the shadow of death, the shadow of death. Um, and it's never a good thing <laughs> because, hello, death. It talks about it being reminiscent of sin because the wages of sin is death. A lot of times it's associated with darkness and it covers people. It comes over them. And if we could, I don't know if I sent you these. I don't think I did. But Psalm 107 uh, and verse 10 through 14, we're going to flip. Oh, didn't take me as long as I thought. Are y'all there? That's fine. Me either. We're still going. (laughs) Okay, 107. Verses 10 through 14, there were those who lived in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains because they had rebelled against the words of God and rejected the plan of the Most High. Therefore, he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. It's a place where rebellion is bred. It's a place where deceit happens. It's a place where loneliness is. And I think the Lord brought this up because so many of us are identifying with the shadows of death versus the shadows of God that promise protection and, and promise safety and promise presence and power. We're identifying with the shadows of death. But like we just said, God's presence is bigger. He's overcome those things, so it's time to rise up and and walk away from the shadow of death to follow his plan. Have you found yourself a prisoner in misery? It says prisoners in misery and chains because they had rebelled against the word of God. Have you found yourself in a time of rebellion? However small, it could be this one thing that the Lord told you to stop doing and for whatever reason you keep doing it. And whenever you do it, misery quickly follows. You are fellowshipping with the, with the shadow of death. And that shadow of death, it robs you of God's protection. It tries to. It tries to rob you of God's presence. And it tries to rob you of his power. But... It is no force compared to the almighty God. And I'm grateful, and I can believe this, because in Revelation, at the end, um, Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, Jesus says, one of the most baller lines in scripture, I swear. (laughs) I know I have you guys flipping a lot, but I told you, I was in my Bible study bag. Amen. Revelation 1, verses 17 to 18. This is John. He said, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Why are we fellowshipping with anything that the Lord has the keys to? Why are we fellowshipping with the things that God has already conquered? 
Why are we making a way for darkness when he's promised us light? And it says he's, he's alive forevermore. So in every moment when you're contending with these things, every moment that darkness tries to overcome you, every moment the shadow of death tries to haunt you, remember those words. Jesus has the keys to death. So it has no power over you. And I don't think it's by mistake that you're here. I don't think anyone in this place is too young, too far gone, too old, too new to faith to take back what the, the shadow of death has tried to take from you. It is time to rise up. And you're probably like, okay, yeah, shadow of death, really scary. <laughs> how, how do I break out of that? Because in the church, we have, we have this terrible habit of like throwing churchy phrases at you and making it sound so easy. And I know that it's not easy because I'm just as fallen, as sinful, as broken as anyone else in this place. But I'm learning. And as I'm learning and applying these things, I can see the shadow of death further and further behind me. I don't feel its grips like I used to. I don't feel that cloud overtaking me. Because that's the thing about a shadow. You can, you can feel it probably before you can see it. You notice a difference when you're standing in the shade versus standing in direct sunlight. I know whenever I like go to the beach with friends and you're getting that like prime time sun and someone just walks right in front, how mad does that make you? It is an unwelcome presence. And just as irritated as you are in those moments, we need to be that irritated with the shadow of death. Amen? So how do we come out from the shadow? We, we do, we like contend for the other shadows. We get in his power. Again, recognize that Jesus has the keys to death. And if we get in his word and then we get into that authority, that comes with being children of God and knowing that Jesus has the keys so death cannot touch us. It can't, can't hold him. It's not going to hold God's children. Amen. We have to get into his power. We cannot be afraid of it. We can be in awe and we can be in reverence, but it is not something to fear because God, while he is mighty and powerful and it's a lot, it's overwhelming. It's nothing to be afraid of because that power fights for you. And if you let it, it'll fight through you. And that's what breaks change, chains. That's what changes what, what happens for your kids and your kids and their kids and all the generations after you. It is fellowshipping with, with power. You can come out from the shadow of death by getting in his protection. Turn away from the darkness of the world and turn towards him. And it kind of touches on this in Colossians, and I really love what it says in the message version because it's kind of (laughs) sassy. And so it's Colossians 2, verses 8 through 10. And it says, Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into the endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. 
but that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets exposed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. And his power extends over everything. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ. We have this really bad habit of trying to solve world issues with, like, more world issues. You know, if something doesn't go our way, we blame it on, like, Mercury being in retrograde. What? No. There's an enemy. Hello. When there's a problem, we, we get around people who exacerbate the problem, who egg us on instead of calling us higher. When we're not doing right, we stay around the same people who are doing the wrong things as us instead of breaking away to try to find something to help us. And Pastor talked on that a little bit this morning that we, we can be attracted and wrapped in with people who make us worse. Those people who make you worse keep you under the shadow of death. Be bold and walk away from them. And hopefully you will be an example to them and they will step out from under that cloud too. We turn away from darkness, turn away from the shadow of death and turn toward light. How do you get rid of a shadow? You shine more light on it. One of my favorite people in the world and dear friends, his name is Richard. He's a videographer. And sometimes we'll go on video shoots together And my job is to set up the lights because if I touch a camera, I will break it. (laughs) Anything else more complicated than that, I will ruin it. And it's fine. I know my limits. And so I always ask him, I'm like, where do you want the lights? And he's like, one in front and one behind. And I'm like, that's so weird. Why do you want one behind? He's like, so there are no shadows on their face. It's not enough to just have light in front of you. You need to have it all around you. And the time you're sowing right now, today is going to be a yesterday. And it's going to be light behind you that protects you. The moments you spend with God now will be that hedge of protection around you tomorrow and a week from now, a month from now, years from now. I've shared this before. The Lord spoke this to me in one of these services He was just highlighting to me a time when I was, like, very new to my faith. I bought this Bible. It was the first real, like, adult Bible that I ever bought myself. And I was reading it every single day. And I was fun employed, didn't have a job, so I had a lot of time to read, (laughs) a lot of time to pray. And he told me that I'm walking out the prayers I prayed then. And I was like, glory to God, me walking and answered prayers, hallelujah, giving him glory, giving him thanks. And then he corrected me, or guided me rather, and he was like, do you not want to see the same promises tomorrow? Basically telling me that I need to get back into my word and back into my times of prayer, because I hadn't been as steady with it. I hadn't been devoted, I hadn't been committed. I didn't have as much light behind me as I did during that time. Make the commitment I know we've just come out of 21 days of prayer and fasting, but that's not limited to January. 
you should be praying 365 days, 366, because it's a leap year this year. Don't forget, February 29th, still pray. You can fast for things as the Lord prompts you. Again, it's not just January, new year, new me. He's making all things new constantly. You are being made new constantly. So let that light be behind you and in front of you. It's like the song, The Blessing, may his favor be upon you and around you and through you and under and over, left, right, center, all that. Let his power be around you. Let his protection be around you. Let his light completely envelop you. It is armor. And that's not to say that hard things won't happen. It's not to say that you won't make mistakes and things won't go wrong. But you'll be quicker to get through the valley of the shadow of death versus lingering in it. And that's the goal. As as people who are entrusted into my care, as members of this church body, I want you to get through those seasons as quickly as possible learning the lessons faster and faster, the easy way, so you don't have to learn them the hard way. Put in the time now, and you'll be thankful. You'll be so thankful, because I've, I've done it the hard way. <laughs> it was not cute <laughs> at all. So get in his power, get in his protection. The last note I had was to get in his presence, the shadow of his presence. And I was so convicted this morning, kind of along that, that note, because we were, we were singing a song about wanting fresh fire and, and wanting more of God. And, you know, wanting the new, not the old. We want fresh wine. We want fresh fire. We want this. We want that. And I realized that too many of us don't understand what we're asking for. That in order to contain the freshness of God, we have to be fresh ourselves. We have to be renewed. And there's a passage in Luke that talks about putting, old, putting new wine in old wineskins. And when you do that, they break so that the new wine is wasted. How many times have you come into this place asking God for fresh fire? How many times have you come into this place asking him for new wine, but you didn't take the time to be renewed yourself? I'm not asking you to make you feel bad. I'm not asking you to put shame on you whatsoever because I've done it a million times. I was doing it a little bit this morning and the Lord checked me. We don't need to do that anymore. We need to to be willing to go through the process of becoming new so we can hold the glory that we're asking to see so that we can hold the miracle signs and wonders that we're contending for. Because if we don't allow the Lord to work on us, if we don't allow him to to make us new, if we don't spend time in his presence, it's going to slip through our fingers like sand. And it's too valuable. I don't want this to be a, a church that sings because the song just bops, like it just hits. I want us to be a church that worships God that contends for more of his presence with the, with the realization and the revelation of what it is we're asking for. It's not a small thing. It's huge. It's God. So we have to, we get in his presence 
but we have to be renewed while we're in his presence so that it goes with us past Sunday at 7, 11 p.m. You know, we have songs like that, like, give me a month, I want more than like a Sunday morning faith. You want it to last all the week. That only happens if, if you renew yourself to contain what's, what he has. You get in his presence, of course, in times like this, in times of worship and adoration and, and stillness and slowing down. You get into his presence. It can be in your car, on your way to work. The Lord's been dealing with me about that, that I need to be praying in the spirit more and using that time well, because it's 20 minutes, uninterrupted time. Why not spend it with him and see what comes of it? You get in his presence by reading his word and, and being around people who are lovers of God, because we hold the Holy Spirit. We hold a bit of him. So when you're lacking, if you're around people who are full of him, they'll make those deposits into you. And let me just say that God's presence is more than a feeling. Because all the time, and I do this too, preaching to myself, oh, I hate that, but it's good. Um, (laughs) We come into a place, we're like, man, that just didn't hit. I wasn't feeling it. God is bigger than a feeling. And our feelings lie to us all the time. Isn't that like the enemy to say, oh, you didn't feel it, so God must not have been there, when his word says that he is all around all the time? Don't let the enemy steal God's presence from you or lie to you so that you don't realize that he is, in fact, speaking. He is pouring out his spirit every single moment of every single day. I love having people who know about God's presence because they can tell when I'm just like off. And we had a friend this week, we were in small group and they came into group and we're like, what's up with you? And they were like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. We're like, all right. We let group continue. Group ends. And a few of us are lingering in the kitchen as one does eating way too many Oreos. And another person was like, what's going on here? What's, what's up with that? They're like, I'm fine. And we're like, okay. So we ask again, because we're annoying and persistent. (laughs) And finally, it all bubbled out. I like to think that's a bit of us seeing with God vision, able to see whatever was going on beyond the surface. And the only reason we were able to see that is because of who we've been fellowshipping with. We've been fellowshipping with our friend, but mostly with God. And God will nudge you. God will tell you when someone needs a call or a text. God will tell others when you need a call or a text. When you need someone to ask you over and over and over again if you're okay. But that only happens as a result of his presence. It only happens as a, as a result of a sensitivity to who he is. And I'm grateful that we had that moment. We stayed up a little later than I wanted to. <laughs> but it was worth it. Because by the time we left, I like to think that person knows that she's loved, she's cared for, that we see her, but more importantly, God sees her through this season. And we all need to be better about when the Lord puts someone on our heart to reach out to. It's not by accident. It's not by mistake. Send the text. It takes like five seconds. And if someone's on your heart right now, the Lord was like, I told you to text this person four hours ago. Go ahead, send the text. It's not rude. 
won't offend me. You can take out your phone. Those little things make a big difference. And they help pull people out from the shadow of death. And honestly, it pulls you out too because you're doing the work of the Lord. From your fingertips are coming light when you do that. And light takes out every shadow. Amen? Amen. I really didn't go that long. I'm going to invite the team to come back up. And we're going to worship some more. And I encourage you, if you haven't spent time in God's presence, let now be that time. If there's someone that needs encouragement, encourage them. And, um, yeah, let's just see what God has for us. Amen.